This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. All right, so we want to invite you, our listeners, to participate with us in this conversation. Call the listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. We would love to hear from you, your perspective. What are some of the things you did with your weekend off, and how are you... I mean, what kind of questions do you have about how you're living out your faith in your work? Maybe you'd like to share a story of how you're living out your faith in your work. We would love to hear from you. Now, we're working on a way for you to text us. But right now, you just got to call the listener line and leave a message, 866-713-9675. And some of you may be going, well, Jim, if we could just call in live to the show, that'd be more fun. Well, the problem is we broadcast so many different times a day, depending on where we are in the country. And so there's only one time a day where we're live. And so it makes it harder for us to be able to do that. That's why we have the listener line. And it's available 24-7, 365, or in 2020, it'll be available 24-7, 366, because it's leap year oh, next year. I was uh, like, where are so you it's going? Avail- what so are it's available all the time, uh, and you can leave a message, and then we can use that as fuel for our conversations during this first segment of every show. All right, so... We've got last week we talked about some really cool stuff. We on, on Friday show we got to talk about Ethiopia and the Promise Keepers movement coming back. Mm-hmm. Really, really powerful. So if you missed Friday's show because you're on vacation, go back and catch the podcast. How do they do that, Martha? How can people get signed up for that podcast email thing we send out? Oh, for the email. So the email, if they sign up for that, they also get your Friday blog if they get the Friday version. Which um, sometimes is good. Sometimes it is. No, it's always great because you're sharing whatever God is um, putting on your heart. And um, so anyway, the way to do that is go to our website, iworkforhim.com. Look for the subscribe. You can also look for the word blog. There's a couple different ways to get to that form. And there you just you just select um, whether you can you can get it daily. If you're one of these people that you like, oh, I want to remember, I want to listen to yesterday's show because it posts the day after the show. Um, you can get that email in your inbox every day um, of the week. If not, Fridays at noon Eastern, um, we send out our blog that has all of the links to the most recent shows since the last blog. And a link to your or a, a, your written up blog. So it just to encourage people going into the weekend, having the details in front of them. So over the weekend, when they're doing their projects, when they're mowing their lawn, whatever they're doing, they can be listening, catching up on the shows of the week. So last Friday's blog, I wrote the title of the blog was "Please Stop Using This Word." And for me, oh no, we're not going to go there, are we? No, I'm just telling. For me, that word is lay minister because it was a word that was used as a tool against me. So you got to catch that blog right now, Martha. If they're not subscribed to the blog, can they go out to our website and get they the sure blog? They can. Oh yeah, it's okay. posted right. there every week, so they can go back and so, read your blogs. So let's talk about exciting things going on this week. On Saturday of this week, we will celebrate 40 years, mm-hmm. which is staggering because we're only 42 years old. <laughs> 40 years since the night when you and I committed our lives to full-time Christian ministry, which we had no idea meant radio and business, entrepreneurialism, 40 years ago, San Diego State University, Friday, July the 13th, 1979, at approximately 10 o'clock p.m. It was probably between 9.30 and 10 p.m., so... Back then, we didn't have cell phones, so we weren't, like, watching the No, clock. we didn't have that. We actually that. just, you know, So kinda... technically, if it was after 9 o'clock, East Coast time, it was actually the 14th 
But it was the 13th where we were, oh, we're not going to get into that. I know. Martha's shaking her head. Don't do that to me. But that's exciting. That commitment is what led us to being on the air because we finally understood that the commitment to full-time Christian ministry meant a commitment to the calling that God put us in, in entrepreneurialism, in the insurance business, in the used car business, in Martha in Christian retail, me as an insurance consultant, that all of that was full-time ministry. You know, I was just um, contemplating some things that I hadn't really even thought about before, Jim, and that is, um, number one, how different would we have spent the first couple of decades after that if we had had somebody take those next steps with us and say, okay, you, because it was a motivation to go and serve. I mean, here I am, Lord, send me. That was the whole concept behind our commitment. But what we didn't understand, yes, there were people called to be pastors. Yes, there were people called to be missionaries. Yes, there were people called to be pastors and missionaries in their work, in their voc, in the. In That's the, where the majority in, of them were called. The majority, possibly. Now, <clears throat> the ones that stood up, maybe, the, maybe they, those really, the majority were a calling to the mission and the pastoral. But what I'm thinking in my head is, if we'd have had those next steps, we'd have been more intentional and not felt so defeated, because I think for a long time we struggled with. But we haven't gone to seminary yet, but we well, haven't done this I, yet. And we but thought we, we had to quit our jobs in order to do this. So I just, I want to encourage people to listen if they feel like God is calling. We need pastors. We need missionaries. We need pastors and missionaries in every aspect of society. And so um, That's we're, right. we're thrilled that we understand that now and that we have that perspective and we're helping other people to have that perspective as well but let's um get the momentum going yeah i wonder if bill mckee when he was sharing that that night if you'd like to make a commitment to full-time christian ministry if he understood that full-time christian ministry for people could be in the workplace that full-time christian ministry could be no matter what your job is you're in ministry i mean and that's why our mission for our work frame is to transform every christian workplace into a mission field where ministry could take place yeah, and it doesn't have to be a Christian workplace. No. Any, every every work- Christians. We should have yeah, an apostrophe. I apologize. That's okay. I just want to make sure Why don't you clear. say it right? I can't. Our mission for I work for him is to transform every Christian's workplace into a mission field. Yeah, the workplace of every Christian. That's exactly right. So, you know, join us in that journey. Don't you think, Jim, this is a good time to just encourage people right. to... So- Come well, alongside. There are, and how could they do that? Well, they can do that. Um, you know, we are a nonprofit and we are funded on um, the possibility of people coming alongside of us financially. And they can come in that way through the donate option on our website. More importantly, their first step should be to look at the I Work For Him Nation. To look at, which is also on our website, pops up when you go there, iworkforhim.com. And just look at your heart and say, Lord, am I, is there something more I need to focus on and commit my life to and um, help me in this journey? Well, and, and that commitment to I work for the I Work for Him Nation is not about money. It's not about um, you giving us cash oh, no. or you know, paying to be a member. No, this is all about you committing to, to performing the transformation on your workplace to look at it like a mission field, like a place of ministry. Check it out online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him, H-I-M.com, iworkforhim.com. 
Click on the I Work for Ham Nation flag when it pops up. Join this. Everybody listening to the show should join and start that transformative process, which God will do. It's all Holy Spirit driven. That That's what needs to happen. So we're inviting you on that journey to come alongside of us in that way. Um, we see how God is using that to transform our own hearts each and every day. Because um, I got to pray for my coworker. You know, this guy right here. She has here. to pray a lot for her coworker. <laughs> no, I do. And I'm so thrilled that we can be alongside of each other uh-huh. on this journey. But I just, you know, it's not something that we're talking about but not practicing. So I just want to make sure that people understand that. Iworkforhim.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Join the I Work For Him Nation. And we're so grateful that you've tuned in today. Here's some thoughts. Martha, why don't you tell people how they can get connected with us on our listener line? All right, Jim. So we have a listener line, which is 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. And we were blessed to be able to get that to at least help you with those last four digits when you're plugging it in your phone. But the whole idea is this is an opportunity for you to call day or night, different time zones, whatever you're in, leave us a message. You have a minute to do that, a minute to win it. Hey, that's that's a good name. Somebody used that already. Oh, okay. So this is a great place for people to call in and be able to um, communicate with us and ask us questions and um, give away copies of books. And um, this that's really what it's for. But one of the things we've really been highlighting recently is asking us questions that we can talk about on the air. So whether you are um, wondering how in the world do I get up after a four-day weekend and go back to the grind, how do I, whatever it might be, that whatever that question is or a comment, um, our listener line is open and available for you 24-7-866-713-9675. You know, most people spend the largest portion of their day at work. However, despite our commitments to our jobs, many people are disengaged and they're searching for more. They just they just want more to life. Add this to the struggle of the constant pressure to keep your faith out of the office and you have a formula for Christian confusion and complacency related to work. Enter Craig McAndrews. He wrote a practical guide to living out your faith in your work and he's here to share it with us today. The name of the book is Soul Purpose Inc. Craig McAndrews, welcome to I Work For Him. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on the show. Well, we're excited just to have you share your story as we do uh, every time we bring somebody on. In order for our listeners to get to know you better, how to, tell us how you came to be a Christ follower. Yeah, you know, uh, so I grew up in a denomination, um, but for me it was the whole thing was more about religion. And so mm-hmm. I never really knew what it was like to have any relationship with Jesus. Quite frankly, I didn't even know that it was something that the Bible spoke about. And so I lived pretty much all my teens, all my 20s, uh, chasing everything that the world said you should chase. Uh, And in some cases, I found it. Um, But I was uh, 33 at the time. And I remember for some reason, uh, my wife and I I was newly married. We decided, hey, we should go to church. Uh, To this day, I'm not exactly sure why we were so drawn to it after Uh I'd been away from it for so long. Um, But we went to a church. It was a Bible church. And I heard this guy it share this story about he made this statement he said maybe a lot of you might be familiar with religion and that like totally connected with me that was how i grew up mm-hmm. he said but you might not be familiar with relationship and the relationship that your creator wants to have with you and i just knew when i heard that that i wanted it um and i surrendered my life to christ at that uh, uh that day 
Um, and, uh, and then my life changed, uh, completely after that. It took me a little bit of time before I actually figured out what had happened. Uh, but, uh, God put a guy in my life to mentor me. And, uh, uh, after that, um, just pursuing the life that Christ offers and digging into the word and how he says, Hey, here's how you should live. Uh, really, uh, really drew me in. So being in your early, early thirties, when that really happened, you were already in the workforce. Um, what, how did you have to do anything in order to understand that there was a connection between your faith and your work, or did that naturally um, change as a, as a result of the change in your life? You know, it, it it didn't naturally change, but really what God used is God used a guy who discipled me. I mean, shortly after I surrendered my life to Christ, I met this guy. He was a real estate guy. He was an older guy. So I thought, well, this would be great to spend time with him for networking is what I thought. <laughs> um, but he had a different he had a different mindset. Um, and, uh, you know, his mindset was all come directly from second Timothy two, two, you know, what you hear from me, teach others so they can teach others also. And he showed up at my office every Friday. We talked about life and he would always at the end of the conversation point to the Bible, something in the Bible that had to do with what we had talked about that whole time. And the Bible came to life for me and he brought his faith into his work. And I just thought that that's what you did as a Christian. Quite frankly, I didn't know any better. He just modeled it so well for me mm. that, uh, that the dots were connected pretty early in my Christian walk. What a beautiful gift that he came into your life. That is so great. So was he, do you know, was he actually following someone's guideline for that? Or was it something that the Lord just really prompted him to do in your, in his life? No, he was following the same thing. I asked him at one point in time, you know, how did you know to do this? And he yeah. said, because I surrendered my life to Christ and a guy did that for me. Oh, so and, and and we talked about that guy and he I said, well, how did he know how to do it? He said, well, he surrendered his life to Christ and a guy did that with him. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, awesome. and you're like, aha, okay, I guess that, that whole multiplication thing is really how God does work. Amen. That's great. Thank you for sharing. I, yeah, that's a powerful story. And I, I love that, Craig. So when you came to Christ, how, how soon, I mean, how soon after that did your wife come to Christ? Or did you guys both make that decision together that night? That's fine. We we both made the decision at the same time. It was one of those where you, uh, you know, you kind of bow your head and you raise your hand if you prayed the prayer. And in this case, they give you this little book, More Than a Carpenter. And uh, when we both lifted up our heads, we, my wife and I each had a book in front of us. And, uh, and so we, to this day, kind of love the fact that we really surrendered our lives to Jesus at the same time. Oh, you did, but yet you didn't do it because of the influence of each other, because you didn't know that that was happening. So what a, what a, a pure, authentic moment that must have been. So it was, yeah, for sure. What does the Lord have you doing on a day-to-day basis today? Um, so, I had, man, I had a long career in industry, but then it, that changed a couple years ago and I stepped into the academic world. And so I'm oh, a uh, I'm sorry to hear professor. that. <laughs> sorry to hear <laughs> no, it's, it's been a great, actually, you know what? You, the, the exercises of dependency on God uh, can, I guess, be good for us. Although I'm better at giving that advice to somebody and telling them that's what the Bible says than living it myself. Um, but it's been a great exercise in uh, in dependency for me. But uh, you know, professor, during the uh, during the college school year, and then during the summer, we you know we work on some curriculum. But I do consulting work uh, for uh, for several clients, and then uh, and then on the side, I, I love basketball, so I coach my son's uh, my son's basketball team during the summer. 
So you're teaching at a secular university, right? University of Houston. That's correct. Yeah, it's a, it's a, maybe, maybe some universities would define themselves this way, but I'm like, it's very secular. Um, <laughs> very which, secular. Which, from, from a, from a Christian standpoint, but uh, it's also, it's the most diverse, has the most diverse student population in the country. And so when you sit in a class, like I sit in my classes, it very much looks like the United Nations, wow. uh, a United Nations meeting. Um, some people, you know, that's their first, they're the first folks in their family to be attending college. And so it's a great, great pool for the gospel message. It's fantastic. Okay. So how, I don't know if you can even talk about it today. Well, let's just ask this question. What led you to write this book, Soul Purpose, Inc.? The Practical Guide to Living Out Your Faith and Work. I mean, you're, you said you were in industry. You didn't say what industry. So we'll just let that go because you obviously didn't want to tell anybody. Uh, but, then, <laughs> but now you're teaching at University of Houston. What led you to write this book? Yeah, so I will say I was in the home furnishings industry, but it's such a small industry. Most of the time I figure people don't know a whole lot about it. Everybody lives um, in some sort of a home that has some kind of furniture, so I don't think it's that small that, an industry. That's true. Well, and I, I was a mattress guy, and so for 25 years I spent my, my time with, uh, with mattresses. I did a lot of laying down on beds. That was my job. Uh, my wife used to make fun of me all the time. How many beds did you lay on today? Um, but it was a, it was a, it was a great career when it ended. Um, I always liked writing. I was always interested in it. I wrote a bunch of stuff for uh, kind of industry type things. And so I decided that first summer after uh, I had left my career to write a book and, and it was based on a Bible study that I had taught uh, a number of years ago. The book's called enlisted. Um, and it's about just being a soldier for Christ and, and, and what that what that means. And so that was kind of my first cut at writing. And I really liked it. And so as I still had a little bit more time in between the school year, I remember sitting down and praying a lot about, Lord, what do you want me to do next? And literally just in that moment, it's like, well, you need to write about faith at work. My entire faith story really unfolded at work. Um, you know, I, I didn't know Jesus and then came to know him during this period of time that I owned my own company, and that brought its own challenges. I learned how to uh, rely on God for provision during a season where I lost my job uh, and, and was kind of struggling on what I was going to do next. And then I really learned how to wait right. on God when my career was unfolding. So mm. it was just like, it just made so much sense to tackle this topic of faith and work. Craig McAndrews, where did the title come from? It, the uh, the title really came out of the fact that uh, you know God created us to work, and the idea that you can find so much of your purpose if you're looking at it the right way, which is through God's lens, not the world's lens, that you can find a, a lot of purpose and reward in your soul for working the way God calls us to work, pursuing excellence looking for opportunities to share Jesus. And I really wanted to try to create a title that captured the heart of that, which is, man, God has great plans for us with our work if we will tackle it um, his way. And the practical guide was really, I did a lot of research and read a lot of books on faith at work. And there's so many good ones, but I found that a lot of them lean towards more around the theology of it all. And my experience of bringing faith to my work, I thought, could be more practical. If here's how you could actually do this, if this was something that you decided to step into what God has for you. 
So speaking of practical things, then um, talk to our listeners about that. So, you know, what are some of the practical things that you bring into it that help them living out their faith at work? Yeah, I mean, uh, things like purposeful prayer. Uh, I think that's one of the chapters in the book is oftentimes people will pray in general for an opportunity with somebody or in general for, Lord, help me to be your light today. And and God can honor and deliver on any prayer a person prays. But I think to pray for Bill in the cubicle next to me, that today I might have a chance to have a conversation with him about something of faith is a purposeful prayer that I think is, is something that any of us can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have something in there about courageous conversations. You know, I think a lot of times we want to reflect Jesus, but then saying those first words of, hey, can I share with you something that I heard at church this weekend? Or, hey, can I tell you something that God's been doing in my life recently to see if it connects with you at all? Or, hey, can I pray for you about that situation that you were just telling me about that sounds like you're really struggling with it? I think those are some practical things that um, any of us can do if we, if if we are willing to let God work in them. You know, Craig, when I was going through this process, you, you said in, in the last segment, hey, your faith really unfolded at work. I mean, it really it really developed at work. And as the Lord laid on my own heart on how to live out your faith in your work, it started with prayer, learning how to pray for my coworkers and employees by name each and every day. And I've developed, we've developed this thing called the I Work for Him Nation, which is just all about what are the steps that God led me through, and it started with prayer for the people that I worked alongside, serving them over and above what your job required you to do, and looking for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace because that's where real relationships can build because it's all about the relationship. Then looking to pray with people when you notice they're having a rough day, but all along being a person of excellence. That's what we call the I Work for Him Nation. That's really what you're talking about in your book is just that those that purposeful attitude of 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 recognizing living out your faith in your work. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's it's and, and being willing to, you know, th- there's a you know that term relational evangelism. I th- you know that we can get into some Christian language sometimes that I think can be a bit intimidating. But I think relational ev- evangelism is a great phrase. I find at times, though, it's easy to say I'm building this relationship, but then sometimes stop short of being willing to say, but can I tell you something about Jesus? Right. Or can I point you to something in the Bible that literally speaks directly to what you just described to me? Sometimes that's just the tipping point of being able to step over that and really uh, reflect you know, what you believe, who you believe in, and why you believe it right at work, and you don't have to leave it at home. So we're talking about the book that Craig McAndrews wrote called Soul Purpose, Inc., and that's S-O-U-L, Purpose, Inc. And we, I want to just let our listeners know a couple things about it. One, it is not this huge textbook written by a professor of, you know, a thousand ways to, <laughs> to connect your faith and work. No, it's it's a very big print. It's a very it's practical. It's like 100 pages guide. He's full of alliterations. So it's very easy to remember things like purposeful prayer, lead with love, humble at heart, courageous conversations. I love that. It just keeps it very front of mind. And we are going to give a copy away of this today, Jim. We actually have two copies we can give away today. So I want to encourage our listeners to do a couple things. Pick up your phone Or if you're driving, don't do this now, but remember to go back later, 866-713-9675. Give us a call on our listener line at 866-713-WORK and leave us a message with details of how we can get a hold of you to send you a copy of this book. But at the same time, 
leave us a question of something. Maybe you're just hoping that you'll find the answers in this book, but we can talk about it on the air. Um, Things that you want to know to help you connect your faith and your work better. So 866-713-9675. And if you can't, you know, if you don't want to call and leave a message, you could always contact us via the website, yeah. iworkforhim.com. Click on the Contact Us page and let us know. And those of you listening to the podcast that go out around the world, don't just assume that just because you weren't listening to the live radio show that you can't win a book because sometimes we only give away one on the air because people are afraid for some reason to call a radio show. You can email us. You may actually get. You may actually still get a copy because we got a couple of copies to give away today. So iworkforhim.com. Click on the contact us and send us a short little note. All right, Craig. I noticed in your bio and I and I, and I read not all of the book but much of the book. You got two boys. Ben and Nate. All right. How are you preparing Ben and Nate to never have the struggle of living out their faith in the work that they just get it, that it's supposed to be intricately mm. connected, their faith and their work? How are you helping prepare them in the McAndrew zone before they head out? Yeah, you know, they, so Ben is now, he just graduated from high school, so getting ready to head off to college. So it's getting real wow. here in September. Oh, Oh my gosh, it's totally real. I actually feel a little bit like I'm behind the curve. And so I'm always trying to grab him to grab, you know, hey, let's go grab some breakfast or some lunch because I can't, I thought of something that I need to point him to in the scripture. Um, (laughs) He's probably gets a little bit tired of me uh, doing those things. But I think the formula, not unlike faith at work, is uh, point to the point to the Bible on what it says about how to live your faith at work. And I, I will say something that we did when the kids were younger that today I'm actually starting to starting to see a little bit of benefit from that is that we would uh, every so often have home church on Sunday, which was just me reading from the Bible. And then we pray literally like 10 minutes of church. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we did that was I was a little bit paranoid that my boys growing up in a Christian home, that's all they've known, that I didn't want them to associate their faith with a building. Uh, I wanted them to associate their faith with Christ. Mm. And so we would just, <laughs> every once in a while, just have our time at home. We lo- And we love the church that we go to in our community, but I felt like the that message of your relationship is with Jesus Christ first was part of the foundation. And then you're just trying to model it. I mean, having guys that I'm discipling come by the house or we go meet their families or I'll have them down to school sometimes nowadays. And uh, they can have some conversations with some of the students that I've connected with on a faith basis, as well as teaching and hoping and then praying like uh, crazy that uh, their eyes and hearts will be open to what God wants to do uh, in them and through them in the future. How freaky is it for you to send your oldest off to college? Knowing what you oh. know about the very secular institution that you teach at, yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I'm slow to pick up on freakiness sometimes, to be honest with you guys. But <laughs> but as you why as is you that? Would, why why as, is well, it? You know how God works. So as you know, He works in marriages in particular. Mm-hmm. My wife, on the other hand, is spectacular at picking up on uh, some of the things that we need to be paying attention to, mm-hmm. and so I just have a tendency to think that you know, hey, God will handle it. Everything will be all right. And my wife has a tendency sometimes to say that is true, but uh, we might, you might want to talk to your sons about this, or we might want to have a conversation about that. And yeah, I'm, I'm 
anxious as probably any parent is sending their kid off, maybe more so, I don't know. Um, but I'm grateful that, you know, I've got a God who reminds me regularly that, you know, hey, Craig, he's mine first, you're second. Uh, and then, you know, anything you ask of me, um, I can do. So keep mm. asking. I think it takes you to your knees a little bit more frequently for sure. Oh, it sure does. So speaking mm. of working alongside of students um, in a university setting, we know that the, the current student generation um, is really searching and wanting authenticity and also um, for there to be real purpose in what they're doing. So how do you see this conversation helping that generation specifically as far as, you know, if they're looking for purpose in their work, they're going to school to learn how to do that work. How are you able to tie that together for them? Yeah, you know, the students today are... um, I think they struggle most, at least my students, as I see them, they struggle most with identity. Mm. You know, who am I? Social media has, has for, for the many good things that it can create, I think it's wrecked a little bit of who I should be because pretty much everybody out there is telling them who they should be or your life should look like this. And so to me, the recipe for pointing to the purpose of your work in glorifying Christ and sharing the gospel of Jesus with others, there's never been a better time to bring that message to the forefront because I think that even students who you know they might work part-time jobs but they've watched their parents and they've seen people put a lot into their work and get to that point of yeah is this really all there is Mm -hmm. and that is such a an invitation to step in and say no it doesn't have to be that way let me show you how God lines out the purpose for our work and when we start to think about how we can share Jesus with others and you know, you're changing somebody's eternal address, potentially. I mean, when you get your mind around that, that you can have an impact on somebody for all of eternity, purpose is just, the volume of it is cranked up to 10 to do something like that inside of your, uh, inside of your work. So I think the, 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 uh, opportunity for the message is so, so, uh, available today. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, Craig McAndrews, I, I just love this book that you've written, Soul Purpose, Inc. Again, we're giving away a copy today, 866-713-9675. The subtitle, The Practical Guide to Living Your Faith at Work. It's got big big letters, and it's only 100 pages, so it's an easy read, and it's very practical. I really had hoped we were going to get to the, in this segment about the chapter titled Showing Faith Before Sharing Faith, but that might have to be in one of our bonus parts. But thank you, Craig McAndrews. Awesome. Oh, my pleasure. You listen to I Work For Him as we spent the hour today talking with Craig McAndrews, who wrote this book, Soul Purpose, Inc., The Practical Guide to Living Your Faith at Work. And Craig, right before the break, you were talking about just so many different things, but I really wanted to make sure, and I love the fact that you have a job at a secular university, as you said, a very secular university, (laughs) where you're, you're speaking, you've got one of the most incredible mission fields. You get to speak truth into the lives of students every day, and maybe you don't get to tell them that that truth is from the Bible, but, I mean, how, what does that mission field look like for you every day? Yeah, no, it, it, is, a, uh, it is a great mission field. I, I actually appreciate you pointing that out, because truthfully, I forget it sometimes, mm. because I go there every day, and you face some of the same students, and, uh, and just being freshly reminded of what a great mission field it is, is, is encouraging. Um, so I plant seeds the first day of class, you know, the first day of class, you introduce yourself 
to your new students. And I've put four pictures up on the screen. One picture is of my family, so I can tell them how important my family is. Another picture is of uh, Mattress Firm, the organization where I worked for a really long period of time, so I can give them my professional background. I have a picture of the uh, logo where I graduated from college, Stephen F. Austin. So I'll give them a little bit of perspective on that. And then my fourth picture is a Bible. And I share with them that I believe that any practical good counsel when it comes to even business principles and how to live life, I think, can be found in the pages of the Bible. And so during the semester, if I happen to share something about what the Bible says, um, it's to support what we're uh, what we're talking about in class. And then I move on from there. Um, but and but it's just more of a of a seed plant, and then it never fails. Every semester, I have a few students who want to know more about faith. Um, in fact, I had one student come up to me one time. I thought I was on Christian Candid camera. <laughs> he came up to me and he said to me, "Professor, I have a question for you. I'm having trouble finding peace in my life. Do you know how I can find peace?" Wow. I mean, doesn't that sound like a Christian candid camera question? <laughs> like who's setting someone is setting me up right now. Nobody asks those questions that direct. Um, but it was just, a, I think, a reminder from God that uh, he can turn hearts however and whenever he wants. Those yes. questions do come up. I mean, I had a guy tell me today, you know, I just feel dead inside. I, I mean, Ugh. that I mean, those are the, those are the greatest layups ever Open because we, we've got the solutions. <laughs> I mean, it, it's such a fantastic mission field. And I love the fact that you took your all your time in from your business career and you're teaching business principles now to kids. And I know they're not all kids. I mean, they're not all 18 to 22 anymore in college, but you're getting an opportunity to feed into their lives and be a father figure and speak truth into them. I mean, it, it's that's fantastic. What a great, great opportunity. Did you have to have a master's degree or a doctorate in order to be able to teach? I actually didn't have to have either, in um, particularly at uh, where the program that I'm involved with, I have what they call the equivalent experience. So I'm ah. by title, a professor of practice, which simply means that you have enough work experience at a high enough level in organizations that, uh, that you're qualified to teach in this particular, uh, in this particular space. Mm. That's fabulous. You know, I just want to go back to the fact that you were just saying how you boldly um, took the take that opportunity at the beginning of each um, class at the beginning of the, of the semester to to set the seeds to sow the seeds to say here's who I am and this is why it's important to me because I think our listeners can really get a lot of value from that Jim and just saying you know what are we doing intentionally to just let people get to know who we are and does it really make a difference in our life and I will tell you I'm sure that those students are seeing the impact of it in your life or they would be calling you out on it because uh, they're scrutinizing you, I am sure, from their chairs. So um, that's just a good encouragement, I think, for our listeners, for each one of us, Jim, to just be looking at ourselves and go, what can I do to set the stage? Well, and if people know you're a, or know you claim to be a Christian, they're watching because they want to see you fail. And they want to. They want to. They want to see that. You ever had any students going? Yeah, but is that the, really the way a Christian should talk, pa Professor? You ever get called out by any of those uh, uh, skeptics in your classroom? I, you know, I haven't to any great degree. Um, you know, I've had people ask me, "Well, what do you think the Bible says about that one?" Uh, and you know, to kind of challenge maybe a little bit of of uh, how you would apply the Bible in a situation. Um, but fortunately, up till now, you know what, though, it's probably going to happen now this upcoming semester. <laughs> now that we've uh, talked so, about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. So we'll, we'll, uh, 
uh, we'll see how it. Uh, we'll, we'll do see a follow up. Let us know. All right. Yeah. So, in case there's anybody <laughs> listening that, that, that their kids go to University of Houston, what is the name of the classes that you teach? What are the name of the classes that you teach? So I actually teach all inside of the Institute of uh, it's the Stephen Stagner Sales Excellence Institute. So it's all sales related classes. And so I teach an intro class, an advanced class, a digital selling class. And probably one of my favorite classes, I teach a class for uh, it's called Sales for Social Impact. And we pick a nonprofit each semester. And the, the, it's a small class, 10 students. And we kind of work as consultants for that nonprofit for the whole semester, designing a sales and marketing plan. Wow. And I, what I've really enjoyed about it is it's a chance to bring my just one more chance to bring my faith and what I believe into the uh, into the classroom our client last year we did the class was a nonprofit christian-based nonprofit focused on um, serving the uh, the sex trafficking issue mm. that we have in uh, in in the city of Houston and it was just a powerful opportunity for our students to be able to work with an organization who starts with their our faith in Jesus Christ leads us to serve and this is who we serve hmm. Very cool. In case you ever need a nonprofit volunteer, uh, we would volunteer for that uh, for that class. <laughs> All right. The radio uh, aspect. That's right. All right. So, Craig, you got a chapter titled "Showing Faith Before Sharing Faith." Why? Yeah, I think my own experience has been that a lot of times people are they want to just talk about their faith. They will get this message of evangelism, and then they want to go out and talk about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And and but then when at times you look at their life, it's like, yeah, but you got to practice the principles that Christ calls us to live before pointing people to Christ at times. I mean, I, I worked and I share a couple of stories in the book, but I worked with people who said, you know, Christ is who I follow, but they way that they conducted themselves in the business environment was very opposite. I think mm-hmm. of what Christ calls us to do. And, and I think we have to stay sensitive to that. I think reflecting who Christ is first opens up the door to then be able to share your faith and why you handle things the way that you handle it, pointing it all back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, though, and those are some powerful um, ideas and just they're simple. And I love that this is the um, this book, Soul Purpose, Inc., the practical guide to living your faith at work. And people can call in to our listener line and get a copy of this book, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. Don't forget to do that and um, get this opportunity, get this little book sent to you full. It is, it's rich in information, but in such a way that um, everyone that's listening would enjoy reading it. And passing it along. That's right. Okay, Craig, you know, a lot of Christians struggle with regret, living with regret. And I don't believe that's what God wants us to do. But you mentioned a story in your book that I really loved. You you mentioned that when you work with Mattress Firm, you had the opportunity to attend a whole bunch of events because the, the... you were focused on your nonprofit efforts were focused on foster care and helping kids in foster care and that kind of thing. And yet you missed the opportunity you had regrets because you missed the opportunity many times to attend events supporting foster kids in the area. You opted out. You expressed regret. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think when, when I, when I look back on those, I, I mean, I opted out because we had so many things always going on in our organization and my time with my family 
was a was a real priority. So in that case, you think, well, okay, hey, you make the right decision. But at the same time, I think the when those events like that are happening and people are out there serving others, I think it's such a rich environment to be able to bring the gospel message into that space. It's like, you know, doors are often closed on hearts. But then companies today, they're doing so much work out in their communities. When people step out of their communities, I think that cracks the door a little bit to talk about, you know, why are you doing this? Well, I want to help others. Well, where do you think that sense comes from? I think it's such a rich platform for talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the one who said, I came to serve and not be served. I mean, you know, people love that. But so, oftentimes people don't know who said it, where it came from. Mm-hmm. So really and, quick, talk to the audience, Greg, before we run out of time. People that are struggling, like they want their family, they want their faith to be a priority, their family to be a priority, their, their wife if they're married, or their husband if they're married, and then their kids, and then work. And work is constantly competing with those other things. How did, they, how did you find a balance? How, how, can, how do you suggest that they find a balance to attend great events like that but not neglect their family? Well, uh, just my own opinion, so Gospel of McAndrews, but there is no such thing as balance yep. uh, when it comes to uh, working in uh, in God's economy. Because balance suggests no tension. No tension doesn't point us to God. That actually points us to independence. We'll be a little bit independent. If everything's going well, it's like, okay, I got this. And so I think inside the tension is where we go, Lord, what in the world? How do I do this? And, and I think the place to right. always start is prayer when you are feeling that That's right. tension. That's right. I've, I've asked God so many times to supernaturally <clears throat> redeem my time in doing things, Amen. help me to be able to do these things today that That's I right. know I cannot do, and he does. Craig McAndrews, thanks for being on I Work For Him today and sharing your book, Soul Purpose, Inc. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.